We are back kicking off season four today with my guest, Jerry Chang. Jerry is an educator in the state of Georgia. You may be familiar with her very popular page on TikTok at Miss Chang Gifted. Did you know that Jerry lives with spina bifida? During our conversation, we talk about our journeys of living with spina bifida and why we agree that it's okay to be different. Let's get into this conversation. Uh, I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Our View podcast, where we aim to educate, raise awareness, and change the tone of conversation about disabilities. I am happy to welcome my guest on today's show, Jerry Chang. And uh, I'm, I'm so excited to have you on. As I mentioned to you uh, in planning this, I follow you on TikTok, and it's Miss Chang Gifted on TikTok. Uh, yes, so I am uh, so excited to have you on and thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to seeing what we can talk about. Yeah, so um, I start off my podcast uh, very similarly uh, with every episode and just asking my guests to um, tell me a little bit about themselves and to share one fun fact about you. <laughs> oh, okay, fun fact. So um, my name is Jerry Chang. As you, when you hear me talk, you can tell I'm from the South. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I actually grew up in a small town about an hour north of Atlanta. I live in Atlanta now. I had to get out of the small town life. And um, a fun fact, I was Little Miss Sugar Hill Beauty Pageant Queen and, um, when I was 10 years old. Yes, that's so fantastic. <laughs> That is so great. I love asking that question to my guests because you, I never know what they're going to say and everything uh, surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so great. I, um, I, like I said, I follow you on TikTok and I uh, appreciated your content. And one specific um, post that I came across was when you were talking about um, your bladder function. I, I think it was something to the effect of you have a hidden uh, disability and uh, you were talking about the uh, neurogenic bladder and um, and and your spina bifida diagnosis. So I was, you know, caught right then and there. And uh, more recently, a week or so ago, a friend of mine shared that post with me, although I had already seen it. And that is how we, uh, you and I got in touch. I got in touch with you. Um, so can you share with us your experience of living with uh, spina bifida and how it impacts your life? Absolutely. So it's kind of ironic that this is pro I mean, so first of all, I'm going to add that I'm gay and growing up in a small town in Georgia, you, I was closeted for years. That is going to be relevant in just a second. And I was very insecure about it. It took me years to accept myself. But growing up with spina bifida, I was tenfold more insecure about having a disability than I was about um, being gay or just kind of like tomboyish, if you will like for lack of a better word in a small town and like I said it was a hidden disability for me so when I was born I did not appear appear to have any disability at all my you know I didn't have any kind of like indentation on my spine my legs I mean of course you can't walk when you're an infant but I, I walked a little bit later but everything just appeared like typical I started getting infections and things like that uh, kidney infections at first the doctors thought uh, for lack of a better word, they just thought I was slow. That was kind of their words in like the late, late 70s, early 80s. They said, you know, she's just uh, slow developing, you know, hard to teach and all that. Uh, a lot of back and forth between a lot of doctors. They come, come to find out uh, they diagnosed me with spina bifida and a neurogenic bladder. I had surgery when I was 16. I mean, six, my apologies, when I was six. And they basically told my parents, 
if we do the surgery, it's risky. It may leave her paralyzed from the waist down. She'll be in a chair, whatever, whatever. If we don't do the surgery, it's kind of unpredictable. Maybe when she's 13, the nerves had connected to my spine, they might snap. And she may be paralyzed from the waist down, but we don't know. So it's just kind of like roll the dice. What do you think? What do you want to do? Let us know. So uh, my parents uh, opted, uh, most of my mom, a single mom, opted for the surgery. It was successful, which left me with a neurogenic bladder. And as a result, uh, self-catheterization. And I do intermittent. You know, some people, when I made the TikTok, were like, oh, you just have to walk around the catheter all the time. I'm like, no. It's not like that. Because people have these horror stories, you know, like the uncle in the hospital who had a catheter. <laughs> it's horrifying. It's not like that. First of all, you just get used to it. And um, so I have to do that. I was very closeted about it. I didn't want teachers to know. I didn't want friends to know. I would hide catheters like up my sleeve and my socks and my shoes. I was so not um, hygienic about it at all, um, which could be dangerous. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it wasn't until actually in my 40s when I started, I did a TikTok, and this was my second one, the one that you saw, but the first one was for teachers, but hey, y'all need to let kids go to the bathroom, because you don't know why kids are asking to go to the bathroom, and here's an example, like, you look at me, and I appear, I appear like no disability, I don't have a 504, I appear as a typical student who's just kind of wanting to go to the bathroom after we just went, but in reality, I didn't go with a class because I was hiding my disability. But that was kind of why I started doing those TikToks um, to share, um, you know, what students are going through. Yeah, and I, um, I again, I, I shared this with you uh, before we started recording. I wanted to share your story and your experience of living with spina bifida because um, it is referred to as a snowflake disease um, diagnosis where everyone is different. Um, and, and I wanted to share your experience because it's true, your experience of growing up with spina bifida is much different than mine. You could definitely tell that I had a disability. I used leg braces and crutches. I used a wheelchair. Um, and then we are very similar in that we both have to catheterize to empty our bladders. So I, and I didn't have my surgery until I was 14 years old. Yeah, so until then I actually had to wear, depends, adult diapers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so because my bladder just wouldn't hold anything. As a kid, yes. I mean, I had to do that in first and second grade, and it was horrible. Like, yes. I went, so. Yeah, so all through elementary school and part of my middle school years, uh, seventh grade, it was, um, you know, I, I don't know what the other children thought, but I just, I had to go to the nurse's office. Yeah. You know, I had to go to the nurse's office because she had a private bathroom. So I would, I was able to, to change myself, um, yeah. you know, but, but it was something where I don't know if people knew about it. I didn't talk about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Again, it was just something that I kept to myself and if people found out or uh, some of my close friends might've known, but um, other than that, it was, um, you know, something that I never talked about. And then I had, actually it was the third surgery on my bladder that worked. Um, where I was able to hold uh, hold urine in my bladder and empty it through catheterizing myself every um, cool, yeah. every yeah so even now at forty years old I'm still like you said intermittently cathing uh, myself every four to six hours uh, you know and, and that that means being careful of how much water I drink so it's 
sounds like an old person. I have to stop drinking at a certain time so I don't have to pee too many times at night. <laughs> but it, it, and that's something that I that I found out as I got older. Okay, if I keep drinking water at nine or ten o'clock at night, I have to get up and go to the bathroom more often. So, but then at the same time, because of my disability, I can get easily dehydrated. So I have to <laughs> have to still drink water. So it, it's a whole uh, it's a whole big fun. Uh, puzzle and and game sometimes with uh trying to figure everything out but uh yeah so i, I really i i can definitely um relate to you uh sharing that you you know you didn't tell anybody and you kept you know you kept things to yourself and uh just you did what you had to do but it, it wasn't uh something you openly shared <laughs> i remember a story i mean and i'm 49 years old and i was like in seventh grade and this is like three-way calling this was way before <laughs> and all that and you could call somebody and you could click over and call somebody else and have three people <laughs> well, in school you know we would have crushes uh i had little boyfriends because of course i wasn't allowed to be gay and so we had little crushes on little boys or girls or whatever and i had a crush on this little boy i guess and my friend said oh let's call him and see if he has a crush on you too and i was like oh yeah okay i'm so excited she's like okay now you're gonna be quiet and i'm gonna call him and i'm gonna <laughs> Hey, you know, Jerry has a crush on you. Do you, how do you feel? You check yes, no, or maybe. So we did. And he was like, oh, nasty. No, that's the girl who pees in her pants, you know? Oh, no. Right. And so, you know, and as a 13 year old, you know, that was just, and I was just sitting there like, oh gosh, what do I do? So I just casually hung up the phone. I was like, I don't know what he was talking about, you know, but oh. and those, those scars, you know, it, it sits with you. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Really, that's one reason when I shared my first video, first of all, I was shocked at the number of comments on that video of how many people have spina bifida and how many people who commented didn't realize how common it was. I was floored. And yeah. so then, you know what, I'm going to start speaking about this more often so young people can see like it, it can get better. The teen years might be a little rough, but get through those teen years. Yes, please <laughs> get through them. It is, um, and, and I, I think that is what I have found, especially in the last um, almost two years with living through this um, COVID pandemic um, and being online more with social media, Instagram, TikTok, seeing the large presence of those who have disabilities and again, just connecting with people um, like yourself and, and seeing how common spina bifida is, just using that as one example. <laughs> um, normalizing so much out there. Yes, yeah, social media is normalizing a lot of uh, conditions, a lot of diagnoses. And um, for me, I didn't, I was the only person in my school growing up. I went to public school uh, through element, through sixth grade. And then I went to a private school for seventh, and eighth grade, uh, just because my parents were nervous about sending me to um, a very large public high school uh, that had, you know, 12 or 1300 kids in it. So they wanted to um, try to ease me into that uh, by sending me to a middle, <laughs> middle sized uh, <laughs> private school for two years. Um, so I, I did that, but all through school through 12th grade, I was you know, with the exception of maybe one or two others that happened to come to the school, I was the only one that had uh, a visible physical yeah. disability like myself, where I used a wheelchair in school every day. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so it, it was hard to find uh, people who had any type of disability uh, that they were willing to talk openly talk about. And it was even more difficult to find people uh, who had spina bifida. <laughs> so, yeah, I know uh, when I was younger, I was connected to the Spina Bifida Association. They have a um, Philadelphia and South Jersey chapter that I was involved with, and we would get together and take trips to the circus and things like that. Um, but other than that, and then just, um, you know, you, you honestly just want to hang out with, or I, I, I'll say I will, you just want to hang out with your friends <laughs> and, uh, you know, do the stuff that they're doing. So, uh, and thankfully I, I have found, I had found a uh, good group of friends who, um, you know, were willing to, uh, you know, learn about me, learn about my, my diagnosis and the, the things that I needed and uh, let me participate in their in their groups uh, activities and things like that. Again, going back to your TikTok because it's just so great. Um, you are a teacher of gifted uh, students. Can you share with us what that means um, and and some of your your duties, your, your the job that you do? Yes. So gifted and talented education is basically students who excel in one or more subject area and or the visual or performing arts. The, the word gifted in itself is problematic because for a lot it implies that folks are not gifted. I did not coin the word. It's just the coin word that's used in education. At my school, we don't even call it gifted because of that very reason. But basically, they're neurodivergent thinkers. So you could have a child, and I teach elementary school, first through fifth grade, who is totally gifted in math, but maybe you know asynchronously struggles in reading, or someone who is like a virtuoso on the violin but just unmotivated to do well in traditional classroom school. And then you have those kids who are just like top of the line, super, super brilliant and everything. What's different between a gifted child and a high achieving child is a high achieving child is someone who is totally smart, probably a straight A student, does well, pays attention, takes notes. A gifted child, and of course these are generalizations, you cannot take a group of people and lump labels on them. But a gifted child, often you have to tell them fewer times. You can just tell them once, or they already know what you're getting ready to teach, and they will correct you so fast. And <laughs> I was in second grade. The girls in fifth grade now, and I never say kid kid names. And um, I said, okay, we're going to learn about the solar system this semester, and then next semester we're going to learn learn about folks you know who've explored the solar system, whatever. Tell me what you know. And this girl basically just outlined all of my lessons and beyond. And I'm like, oh God, what am I going to teach this girl? Like, and now <laughs> I consult with her, like, hey, did I get it right? So some of them, and then even in giftedness, you have mildly gifted, moderately gifted, and highly gifted. So my job is they spend one day a week with me. I pull them out of class. It's called a pullout model. And they spend all day with me. And we do, you know, my standards are creativity, logical thinking, research, you know, problem solving skills, leadership skills. And beyond just me teaching them and exploring things with them that they may not get in the traditional classroom, they get to be with their peers who are who share similar learning experiences to them. Uh, sometimes they're kind of labeled as the weird kids, you know, the nerdy kids, and those they get those kind of labels put on them. So it's just a day where we can just celebrate the uniqueness, the weirdness, the, the brilliance, and all that stuff, and it's just totally cool. And so in a nutshell, that's what I do. Yeah, it's uh, your, your content is, is just really, really great. I, um, 
I forget what it was, but you had um, you had spelled a word that really wasn't a word. Um, sometime, it, yes, <laughs> yeah. What what was it again? I had ordered a sign for my wall, and I was not having a gifted moment. And each letter was. I actually have a sweatshirt. It's here somewhere. And um, anyway, each letter was separate, and it was a fancy font. And the first word said "awesome." I figured that out. The second word, I couldn't figure out what it said. The third word said things. No, I'm sorry. I just gave you the answer. It said start, and the last word said here. So it was awesome, blank, start here. And I had goofish, and I know it wasn't goofish because it's not a word. And I'm sitting there, and I'm in my classroom trying to decorate, and this, um, she's from Chicago, and she's like straight up Chicago, like rough. Chicago. I'm like, Basta, get in here. She's like, what do you want, Jay? I'm like, what's this word mean? She's like, I don't know what this word means. Like, <laughs> and she's like, I, this stuff. I, was, I was like, look. And this other lady was walking by, Miss Ford. We're like, Ford, get in here. What's this mean? She, boom. That's supposed to say awesome things, Chang. So the T was upside down. And I had it as a G. And the, I had the U was supposed to be an N. So it's supposed to say awesome things start here. And I just couldn't figure it out. And so... Uh, it happened organically, so I put it on TikTok. People went nuts, and people people said you need to keep it goofish. Hang it in your classroom and keep it goofish. Boom, I did, and then I did the activity with my students. Mm -hmm. So I had them come in to try to figure it out. Number one, I thought I did have a fifth grader figure it out, and then the next week I had them. I said, okay, y'all, if awesome goofish starts in this classroom, what does that mean to you? I'm not a huge fan of like toxic positivity. So I didn't say it has to be positive, but I said it has to build you up. If you are a sports person and you like to be yelled at, roo, 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 you know, make, if you like humor, make it funny. If you do like uplifting and, you know, sunshines and rainbows. And so they had to illustrate or write what goofy, and I have now I have all those on the wall. Oh, yeah. that is fantastic. <laughs> didn't plan for it to happen. And that's what I love, like TikTok. I mean, you know, some of my colleagues who are my age are like, why are you on TikTok? You know, I'm not for kids. I'm like, I'm becoming a better teacher every week because of stuff I see on there. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it really, again, it brings so many people together from so many different walks of life that, Ooh. yeah, that it just really exposes you to a different world of, um, you know, you're, I, I know a lot of teachers uh, in my personal life, my friends, some of my closest friends are teachers. Um, and so to have, and that's why I, my, my friend who told me about you, that's, you know, she follows you. She's an elementary school teacher. And yeah, so, um, you know, so it does, it really just, it, it helps with, um, I think with creativity in the world of teachers, you get ideas from different people. And that's one of my standards is creativity. Yeah. And like this is a whole new platform to express like storytelling, you know, dancing, anything, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I know we discussed your uh, spina bifida diagnosis and, um, you know, it, it's, it's hidden. So you, you can't really uh, see that you have a disability, but in your, um, in your job and your profession of being a teacher and, and during the time when you were, um, you know, applying to be a teacher and going to school to be a teacher, did you find any uh, any challenges that, uh, you know, showed up because of your uh, disability, because of your spina bifida? 
I know when I say I kept it hidden because I was so insecure about it. <laughs> I, well, anytime it says like, do you have a disability? I'm like, no, I mean, I've totally kept it hidden. And now I'm just now starting. Like when I made that first video, I, put, I think it went viral. I think it had over a million views. I was like, well, I guess people I work with now know I have spine and bifida. <laughs> <laughs> you know or like even my students you know because like, a lot of my students they'll watch my TikToks, so they'll say they saw them I was like well I guess people know now I, I didn't realize what that was going to do I've never I never had a 504 in school I was so shy about it and so insecure so in my professional life I mean worst case scenario I'll have to run to the bathroom while I'm teaching and teachers will you'll hear teachers joke about this we can't go to the bathroom when we need to mm -hmm. but I a teacher to cover me while I run to the bathroom that's the only thing that's ever but I wouldn't even call that you know I've never it would be so like wrong of me to even try to pretend that I faced any kind of discrimination because when I walk in people don't see anything I mean I've run marathons I've ridden my bike across Colorado so it's yeah so I don't present at all as having a disability and people aren't you know, the only time I get kind of weirdness is if I'm ever in the bathroom and I use the handicapped bathroom or, you know, people mm -hmm. are like, hey, like kind of look at me funny sometimes. I'm like, I have, I have to do stuff in there, you know, I have to like get out all the little stuff and. Right, I need some space. <laughs> I need, if there's a sink in there or like a, a little um, trash can is always helpful. So I have to like secretly get my dirty supplies and sneak them in the truck because I'm, I'm still insecure about it you know I don't want to walk out with all this stuff yeah the only time I ever kind of sense a like weirdness would be in the bathroom but in my professional life no absolutely not yeah and I I wanted to ask that question because again every diagnosis is different and also uh again through the last almost two years there has been a uh, a big conversation that I've been a part of through TikTok and the uh, Clubhouse app, where people are talking about visible versus hidden disabilities. And I think that is always something important to stress. There are disabilities that are hidden, that are non-visible. So you may see that person coming out of the, the, the stall, the handicapped stall, and you're thinking like, okay, well, you can walk on your two feet quite well, and <laughs> but you may not think of other someone things. other things that they may need to use that that space for so yeah. it, it is again um and i i love your your sweatshirt sweatshirt that you're wearing for those of you who are listening it's a purple sweatshirt that says be the change and chang is in capital letters being kind i think is um an extending grace and patience to other people uh yeah. because you never know what it is that people are dealing with and living with so um you know i i really am glad that you shared that uh your experience of you know not having anything uh any challenges that have faced you uh in life because every individual is different we all have different different needs and different um things that that are specific to us as individuals and that is um something i i recently talked about with some friends of mine where you may know five people with spina bifida and each one of them has different needs has different accommodations that need to be made and some of them may not have any accommodations that need to be made and that also needs to be um you know to be noted and uh respected and also um talked about so 
again, thank you for uh, sharing, sharing that experience. The last question I have for you is about the book, It's Okay to Be Different. You, you read that in one of your uh, TikTok videos. And um, can you share with us uh, what that book means to you? Why do you feel it is important um, you know, that people know about that book? Yeah, so the reason I read, I read it on TikTok, um, I'm not a fan of like reading books on TikTok, but a nurse, oh, I think she was a nurse at an elementary school had commented. She said, I have a student who is in elementary school who either uses a chair, has spina bifida, is dealing with some kind of disability and is having a really hard time accepting this about herself. Do you have any suggestions? And when I read that comment, it broke my heart because I, it sent me straight back to elementary school of how I felt different. I didn't feel like I fit in and it just made me sad. And I was like, this video is not gonna do well and I don't care, but I'm gonna read this book to this lady so she can show this kid. And, and, and I did a lot of text overlay in the video and I'll explain the book in just a second. And I said, this probably won't change her life. However, you know, it does get better. It can, not necessarily for everybody, but um, we're all different. So what I like about the book is by Todd Parr. It's brightly, the art is so bright. And there's another one, like, it's okay to be you, or I love you just for being you, I forget. And it touches on a lot of differences. Of course, it hits on all of, some of, all of the, the big ones, you know, race, gender, disabilities, um, you know, a lot of those I have two moms, I have two dads, all of those hot topics, if you will. But it also hits on little things that kids might find that are different about themselves, like just wearing glasses, or one girl, she's eating macaroni and cheese in the bathtub, being kind, saying no to bad things. And I would, I used to be a general ed kindergarten teacher. And this, I love this, for any elementary school, I would give students, we would read the book, or I would read it to them, and I would have them identify something about themselves that is different. And I would facilitate this conversation. I said, now share something you're comfortable sharing. And some kids would say stuff like, you know, I don't like raisins. Okay, that's, that's, that's hard for you, you know. <laughs> Living a hard life out there. You're gonna be all right if that's your biggest difference. Uh, our school's pretty diverse, but you know, you may have like a biracial kid would be a good example. You know, I have a, a brown dad and a white mom and that makes me different. My hair is different or whatever. Freckles, things like that. And then I would give all the kids like glue sticks, scissors, construction paper, and they would kind of mimic the art and they would make these beautiful portraits and it's okay to be different. And it would kind of mimic the art from the book where like your face could be green, your ears could be pink, but you would highlight something that was different about you. And so like, like mine could be like, I have wrinkles and I would take like black and cut out wrinkles and you, I'd really accentuate the wrinkles on my face. And, you know, and for a kid, and it was, and we would hang them up. And it kind of had kids think that even if it's small, there's something different about all of us. You know, for some of us, it's not big. You know, you're not the only one using a chair in your school or you're not the only non-binary kid in the middle school, but there's something about you that is gonna go against the norm. And it's, it's really, it's really neat. And that's what I love about the book. Cause it just kind of, as simple as it is, it can hit home to everybody. It really can. And I love the, like you said, it hits on the, the main hot topics that you hear about commonly, um, race and gender and disability, but it does hit on the small things that, yeah. that people uh, may not 
think of as differences, but, and, uh, and the, even the example you gave as your, for yourself with having wrinkles, it's, you know, that's something different and it, it's, um, it, it, it does start great conversation. So that, that's really what I uh, liked about it. Those simple things are a big things, mm-hmm. you know, and then a lot of people are like, oh, you like, I was talking about the kid with the raisins. I and mean, that's kind of, that is kind of a silly one, but for some kids, you know, not having the right shoes is huge you know if everybody's got on the cool shoes and you don't that's hitting hard for somebody you know yeah yeah i um i participated in a conversation yesterday for uh, another podcast actually and the question was brought up what can uh parents do um to help those within the disability community how can they help their children become uh, allies and become understanding of people with disabilities. And the one thing that I mentioned was, you know, those books like, like, it's okay to be different, purchase those books for your kids, for your friends, kids, let them read, let them see differences, let them, uh, you know, for Christmas and birthdays, purchase the uh, wheelchair Barbies, purchase the, you know, yeah, the toys. And I'm loving now there are more books now, as opposed to when I was a kid, where it's, like, like the book with like the little black boy is not, hey, this is a little black boy. And he's great. It's just a kid who happens to be brown skin and he's the main character. Absolutely. Um, a kid who just happens to be in a wheelchair, but it doesn't ever really say, hey, Bob is in a wheelchair. Look at him roll and life is great. It's You should accept him. It's just more normalizing, just putting these characters in books, more of that. And it's, to me, it's exposure. Yes. First time... Um, you know, you see somebody in a wheelchair or a little person, for example, it's like, oh, that person looks different. I've never seen that kind of person. And, and but the more you see somebody using a chair or a little person, or whatever, it's like, okay, it's just another person using a chair, you know, or somebody who's not as tall as everybody else. Absolutely. Really, it's like two mom families at my school being in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's not really that big of a deal at all. Right. But a lot of people it's still a huge deal so um, it's again like you said it's the exposure and um it's giving kids a safe space to ask those questions like totally is that a, it's totally like if my kid well my wife's black and so our kids are totally exposed to like different kinds mm-hmm. of but like let's say my kids saw a little person in public like it was like why are you so little i'll be like okay first like, let's work on tech i would apologize to the person be like, okay we'll ask some questions when we get home like that's how you learn is to ask questions you just gotta learn like what's appropriate and what's not right. and kids attack as a teacher i can tell you straight up not walking down the hall one day and the, kin- the kindergartners they're five typically five slash six they are your best wing people you are beautiful you are fantastic but then don't 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 get it twisted because the next day they will drag you I'm walking down the hall one day just minding my own business the girl's not even in my class and I have on short sleeves and I'm just walking going to make copies and she's like hey I turn around like what she's like what's wrong with your elbows I'm like what are you talking about I can't even look at your elbow it's not easy so I'm trying to look at my elbow I'm like what do you mean she goes they're wrinkly the teacher bathroom I'm looking at my elbows like I guess I need to buy some better lotion like they are hilarious <laughs> oh my gosh that is too funny <laughs> and- you look like a boy in another kindergarten and I was like well this is just how I look this is how I like looking and she's and then this other um kid was like maybe she's like a girl boy and they're just now they're arguing with each other and I'm like this is just how some girls like to be I just I like having short hair I just you know kind of simple 
And she was like, no, you look, I mean, it was like the scarlet letter. Shame, shame, why do you look like this? Your parents are not exposing you to much. Right. (laughs) Oh, wow. I, I really enjoyed this conversation and appreciate you taking this time out to uh, speak with me. And I um, am am very grateful to uh, have shared this time with you. So thank you so much for uh, joining me, and um, I'm excited for everyone to hear this episode. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell us what you liked about the episode. If you watched on YouTube, be sure to leave us a comment, like the video, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Was there something in the conversation that you learned or something that made you laugh? Share this episode with a friend. You can follow Jerry on TikTok and Instagram at Miss Chang Gifted. That's M S C H A N G G I F T E D. And make sure you're following us on the same platforms for more disability related content at Our View for Life. That's O U R V I E W, the number four L I F E. I thank you for listening. <laughs>